0: any person like who's the breadwinner there is also pressure on you in that like that there's that's Mm. it's given me an appreciation for when he was the one in that role Mm. in lots of ways and I know he has the same thing like an appreciation for when I was in the the role of like being at home with the kids as well like and Mm. it's nice that we've both done both because we get it
1: Mm. so he
0: understands when I come down from work and he just wants to give me the kids and I'm a bit like I can't but I'm also able to be like, when I can, and more often I can, I'll yeah. rally and be like, "I get it, you're exhausted." Yeah. Or like when the house is an absolute tip, and he's like, mm. "I swear I've done stuff today," and I'm like, <laughs> "It's fine, I know." I know that. I know. For you.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Grounded Families podcast with me, Julia Goodall, psychologist and coach. This is a podcast for all families, navigating life, love, and relationships. We delve into our stories and experiences of family, and how these go on to shape and change who we are. I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, welcome to this week's episode. This week on the podcast, I speak to the wonderful Ray Dodd. She is a, a money coach and mentor. And I feel like I've kind of flitted in and out of Ray's world for a few years now, but I'm first properly connected with her, well actually a few years ago at a retreat that she ran with Han Bolivant. And then I met her through SAS Petherick's course and we were in a kind of coaching bubble together. And then I went on to do one of her wonderful money coaching programs, um, her group coaching. And that was, I think fair to say, pretty life-changing. So it was so lovely to connect with her again and to share some of what she does with you. I think that she's a money coach, but she has a real kind of gift for holding space for people and for looking at all the things that involve money systems in our society. And yeah, I feel like she's one of those really special people that speak out about what she sees, and she's not afraid to kind of say it like it is. So yes, I hope you enjoy this episode. I'd love to hear what you think. Welcome to this week's episode. This week on the podcast, I have the lovely Ray Dodd, who has sort of zipped in and out of well, I think I've zipped in and out of her life
0: for bit years both, bit now.
1: Both. bit of both. <laughs> um, so welcome, Ray. Thanks so much for being here.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for having me. so nice to chat. Before we
1: started, Ray and I were just saying I saw her weekly because we did mm. Sass Petherick's course together, and yeah. then I did one of um, Ray's group coaching programs. Yeah. And so she was around all the time. And now she's gone. So <laughs> so I'm
0: Ray. still here, I swear.
1: No, I know. <laughs> just used to my weekly dose, my weekly yeah. catch-up. Um, so, Ray, another thing we discussed before we started, as we should have just pressed record, is that um, initially I wanted to chat to Ray a little bit about the way that they um, so that she and her husband structure mm. things at home mm. um, and that – we know that that is still a conversation to be had that it shouldn't be but it is and it's still kind of novel um and yeah I'd love to hear a little bit about that um Mm. as we go on Mm. but first could we chat a tiny bit about how you got into this work and the kind of wonderful
0: meandering journey you took yeah super meandering I well I started off Depends how far back we go. I mean, as far as you I, want. <laughs> I, w- I was born. <laughs> um, so no, I just fell into jobs after university. I did an English degree, so that's like you know that's the classic degree of somebody who's like, I don't know, I like reading Me words. too. I did <laughs> philosophy. They're doing work. My husband did philosophy. Um, so yeah. So I did that and then I like, you know, kind of fell from job to job to job all the time, believing that I just wanted to be a stay at home mum. That was really my, so this kind of feeds into what we'll talk about later. Oh, yeah. Um, that's but interesting. I, <laughs> I really thought like that was my, you know, that was going to save me. Um, and then I did end up having, getting married and having children and didn't find that very easy being a stay at home mom it was not I always say Pinterest lied to me it was not what I was expecting
1: (laughs) not (laughs) Um, what it says
0: on the tin at all (laughs) no like all the craft I'd pinned they couldn't deal till they were at school (laughs) I was like these kids just make a mess and just splat paint I wanted to make blossom trees and amazing things and it's not happening so I am I kind of again, I fell, I became a breastfeeding counselor, and from that, I became a hypnobirthing teacher, and that really opened me up. I was all, I would have already classed myself as a feminist from as long as I can remember, but I think that really opened me up to just how deep all of this stuff runs. I've always had a real keen um, eye for injustice, like it's always been something that um, I've noticed and been aware of, but I suddenly was like, whoa, like this is. This is a lot like the way that because in the birthing world, there's a lot of talk. And it's funny because I've been talking about self-trust so much recently. But there's a lot of talk in the birthing world about trust your body, trust your body, trust your body. Mm. And I just remember being like all my life I've been taught to do the exact opposite. And now I'm pregnant and I'm magical because I'm doing what women are meant to do. Suddenly I'm meant to flick a switch from my body not being good enough. me not being able to trust myself like in, in so many ways to. Oh no, now trust yourself so that you can be this magical switch. birthing machine. Yeah. And it made me like angry. And I, <laughs> I kind of put that into my teaching quite a lot. And from there, I also at the same time kind of discovered this online coaching world. Um, and I um my business started to really flourish, my hypnobirthing business. And so I started off um coaching mums in how to run their businesses. Um, oh, yes i
1: remember that
0: yeah yeah using a lot of what i um had learned as a breastfeeding counselor actually in a hypnobirthing teacher like a lot of those skills yeah. are similar particularly the breastfeeding counseling because that's like a year-long training um yeah. they they help they you know it's, it's, they're similar i think breastfeeding counselors should be called breastfeeding coaches actually like yeah they're, not, they're far more like coaches than they are counselors yeah So yeah, so that was kind of how it happened. I launched this, it was a Facebook group and I I started my business of um, working with mums and then gradually found that I was like, well, I don't want to just work with mums. I want to work with everybody. And then sort of moved. I knew at some point I wanted to do, I did a course on money and I loved it. And I was also terrified of sort of standing up and saying, I'm a money coach because money coaches are like the worst of the coaches. Why I say more. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're the ones that are the most like, you know, just get over your blocks, Uh, pull your socks up, just get on with it, just manifest it. You know, all of that, they can be very like that. And especially then, like I think a lot of them have become Mm. more aware, but at the time that wasn't the case at all. Yeah. And I was already very aware of, like, I'd always talked about the um, oppressive structures and the societal impact and, Um, all of that stuff so I was already really aware of that stuff Um, and so yeah so I kind of avoided it for about a year and then was like okay (laughs) (laughs) I have to do it yeah because I just you know with both of the other things I sort of ran out of steam a little bit on topics on what to talk about and I've probably been doing money coaching for three years now and I don't run out of steam
1: Mm, I love that so it's like I, almost more of a calling than a
0: yeah like like, a, don't get me
1: wrong it's not I a get, topic
0: no and we, we you said we're going to talk about this so I do get burnt out and stuff but I've always yeah. got something to say about money always yeah. it's just such a huge topic um and actually it's the coaching I need the most as well so it's that thing as well where it's like you know we take our own medicine There's yeah a big element the thing of that. we need
1: yeah 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 it's so interesting as well because you are you have the skill of talking about difficult things and with ease. Mm. Um, and I think that money, oof, oh my gosh. I remember when I first started working with you, I was like, oh, too much money stuff. <laughs> it's not too bad. I have some obvious things, yeah. but um, the way in which you, I don't know, like expose those things in such a gentle, but firm and sort of like quite mm. confronting way. I think it takes a special type of kind of character to do that, you yeah. know, so the well, people I'm, don't I'm just blessed. land terrified.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's nice to hear that it does come out that way because I really worry sometimes because it yes. is so, like, it's so touchy and it is yeah. so, it's so sticky. Yeah. Um. But I also do really thoroughly believe that money is. Always is always too strong a word. No, I don't think it is. It's always the symptom, not the cause.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always
0: something else that's going on that's actually probably Mm. permeating many other parts of your life, but is coming out in part or totally in that money space. So it's Mm. easier, I think, when I think it also, when you're able to zoom out for the person and be like, this actually isn't about the money. Mm. Like, that can feel actually quite comforting because mm-hmm. money becomes like sometimes I talk about how money becomes like the bogey, the bogey person. Let's keep it gender yeah. neutral. It becomes <laughs> like the bogey person in the situation. And, and actually it's it's not money that's the issue.
1: Mm, all the systems and yeah, yeah. underneath. And especially just, for women around money in the way that we would have been yeah. conditioned to interact with money and to revere yeah. it even yeah. when it's yeah. like a made up thing.
0: And yeah, exactly. And it's—I would say—it's people traditionally left out of money making, which yep. is really everybody apart from, you know, middle or upper class white men. Yeah. Like, so it, it impacts people in all sorts of spots, and it is, mm. yeah, it is. Um, it's a lot to kind of unpick and unravel.
1: Yeah, and I think that that was one of the biggest surprises for me in working with you—is just how emotional everything was. That act- and there's actually yeah. like not a huge amount of talk about actual money because like you say it's always the stuff underneath yeah, and yeah yeah that's obviously a surprise
0: yeah because if we <laughs> didn't attach any emotion to it we'd just pick a price yeah like exactly what like I'm um, we're working on a load of free content around pricing at the moment which I'm so excited about because I know that it's such a sticking point for people mm. and there's all of this talk about like you know the idea that when we price at a certain level we're not being kind or ethical or yeah. you know all those different things and if, if if it was just about the money the the maths of the situation we'd pick a, an amount and we'd go with it yeah but it's not it's about you know all these layers of feelings that sit inside um oppressive and just societal structures as well mm. and complicated by like our class and our Gender and how we present, and you know all these different things, our skill set, the industry we're in—like it's yeah. multifaceted, to say the
1: least. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. <laughs> and how did people respond to it? Because I feel like, especially in England, mm. it feels like it's not a thing that is spoken about. No. <laughs> people get a bit scratchy and a bit itchy, even mentioning yeah. it. So how was yeah. that?
0: Well, I have a really bad. <laughs> because all day every day i chat on zoom about money so openly and like as you know in my yeah. my group spaces it's like we say like very early on we're just going to talk about this and i think actually those spaces they don't you don't feel so cringy generally talking about it because everyone's there to do the same so i forget yeah. that that's not the real world <laughs> and so i'll go to like dinner parties or like family <laughs> occasions and i'll just be like how much are you earning now and everyone's like, <gasps> oh, God. like <laughs> I'm have to be like, left the room. Yeah, exactly. I'm like oh, uh, um, never mind, sorry about that. Just so, add the salt. Yeah, so I find you, <laughs> exactly. Could I have some more gravy, please? And that's, this is one of the things I love about social media and about the kind of meeting online is there's this sort of safety of like, mm-hmm. we know each other and actually Julian, and I, we have met, but lots of the people I work with, I haven't met them in person. Yeah. And so there's this kind of distance, but also this intimacy at the same time. Yeah. Um, and you also get people together, generally who have a similar it might not be completely the same outlook, but there's a similarity there, which is why mm-hmm. they are wanting to work with me because they feel like yep. um, I'm a, a good fit for them. And so that when it, generally in like paid for spaces and even in, on my Instagram feed and stuff, I don't get a lot of kickback okay, about interesting. Stuff. Occasionally I do.
1: Because um, people know what they're there for.
0: Yeah, so. exactly. And I'm, I'm pretty, um, I don't know what the word is. I'm pretty keen on telling people exactly what I think about stuff where I can, if I know, I don't always know what I think about things, but where I have thought things through, Mm -hmm. um, I generally will, you know, feel pretty confident on what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, um and flag that and, for people i guess so yeah, they
0: know yeah. yeah and and because i tend to sort of like so for example when the pandemic first kicked off there was a load of people getting a lot of flack for just selling while people were in distress oh wow and so i came straight out and was like i mean first of all the privilege in that com- that comment like people are always in distress yeah. Like as if also oh, net what you mean is a bunch of white people are in distress now and they haven't been before. That's yeah. what you mean. Yeah. So it's kind of like flagging that up and being like, hang on a minute, like what yeah. are we saying here? And so because I came out with that, I didn't get any flack about and I went out and sold something straight away. Mm. But I think because I was doing that, but also I like to, and you've heard me say this in my courses, I really like addressing the elephant in the room. Yeah. I really like bringing that in and I wish people would do that with their pricing and their courses and and offerings more like rather than be like oh my god what if anyone finds out that really it's too expensive like talk about why it's expensive tell them mention it rather Mm -hmm. than hoping no one notices (laughs) slides under the radar (laughs) maybe no one will call me out on this well maybe they won't and they shouldn't because yep. it's up to you what you charge, but maybe explain to them why, why does it cost mm-hmm. that much? Even if you're like, you know what, it costs this much because I believe that we need to be paying more for mental health services or, yeah. you know, for those that can or whatever it is.
1: Yeah.
0: So yeah, I think because I tend to take that attitude, and I'll probably get like a load of shit on Instagram now. <laughs> <But because laughs> right I, yeah. Thank like, you, Julia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I think like that, that, and like, like I said, I do get people, and sometimes I just get people with legitimate questions that can be confronting. Okay. But that doesn't mean that that's a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, yeah, we also just such a relief to have a space to talk about the things yeah. that are not spoken about. Um, yeah. commonly, yeah. like you say.
0: Yeah, and it's super triggering, money. It's really mm. triggering, and the amount of things that we think are fact because we haven't actually stepped back and so someone can communicate like but it's a fact that this Mm. and actually even if I uh, you know it's not my business to persuade that person otherwise but I'm able to step back and go well I don't think it is a fact that that actually like for me and my unique set of experiences and and kind of values and things when I look at it that's not how I see it and I can be happy Mm. or safe in the fact that that's my opinion but not their opinion yeah that's all right
1: and I guess like the unearthing of any of these systems is, yeah, that's sort of challenging about what have we just absorbed, what's in the water yeah. and yeah. what is actual, yeah. like what is actually true, you know? Yeah. 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 And that is, yeah. I guess, confronting at the best of times.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like figuring out where you might have benefited from stuff, where yep. you've been complicit in stuff, where you've mm. judged people. You know, yeah. all of these things are like, <laughs> oh no. stop making us talk about this. Ray. <laughs> and I'm there
1: going, ha, ha, I love, this so love the elephant. Oh no, no. Yeah. So what is it? What does it meant for your business and like in your relationships? I know that you are the primary owner at home the and it means owner. that you, yeah. the only owner at home. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about how you navigated that and how, if it was always mm-hmm. like that or how you came into that?
0: Well, there was a time when we were both running businesses like our own businesses yeah. um, and Phil's was doing well, but it wasn't it hadn't taken off to the point that they were really paying themselves and okay. that sort of thing. And that was really tricky. And so we um, and I was scrambling around at the time, as was Phil, actually, because I don't drive. So Phil's having to do a load of like ferrying around the kids in amongst okay. his work. And I was having to, um, which I don't think was fair on who he was working with either you know like it was a really tricky thing and I was having to like the kids would get dropped off after school and I would run downstairs or after childcare. because I think it was before Gus was even in school and I would be like running around and like finishing work and running down Mm. and being like oh and then maybe actually I'll try and finish something off upstairs and you know (sighs) and before that even Gus was at home with me a lot and I was like you know fingers crossed for the long nap and then oh like, no no the nap's running <laughs> no out. nap today yeah you're like that's all my work so I'm uh, gone and and having to work in the evenings which I'm not good at at all yeah. so you know there was a lot there was a real scrappy period absolutely and yeah. um it just got to the point where my business was doing really well but the the running around and chasing my tail and trying to be all things to all people was really capping what yeah. the business could earn. Yeah. And we knew that actually we would be better off, me being we'd make more money if I could focus entirely on that. Mm. And Phil could focus on my husband could focus on the childcare and, you know, kind of the running of the house and the shop, the food shopping, for example. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Um, and so it wasn't an easy thing particularly for him I think it's much easier for me because I was like yeah let's do that (laughs) (laughs) I'm not very good at this stay-at-home mum thing as much as I thought I would be um did you feel that
1: already like did you feel that you weren't good at it or okay
0: I adore my second child yeah but there was something about having two kids where I realized that this was not I was not good at this like I spent a long time just crying (laughs) Oh no Sorry if anyone's pregnant with your second child. Just don't listen. Yeah, it would be
1: lovely. It's the elephant. No, but I yeah. think that's so real. It's like people
0: focus yeah. lots on
1: the first child is so hard, but that's I found the second so much harder. So
0: much harder. And the yeah, novelty's really worn off did. for
1: everyone, so you're kind of yeah. on your own. And, yeah, and oh I think goodness. I didn't know who
0: I. You know, you. Well, in my experience, I lost myself, and I think this is a very common experience. And yeah. I, I lost myself after having Stan, and then there was this kind of like at various points I'd feel parts of myself returning like I remember around six Mm. months and then 18 months was a really big one and then you know I got pregnant again and I think there was that feeling of like oh my god I've lost myself again like Mm. I I wasn't back permanently this is yeah like now I've just like it's like you (laughs) like yeah in giving birth like parts of yourself just sort of you can't really find them and so and I just am not very good with that I find Mm. that very very hard um, and yeah, I, like I said I mean, Gus is a mate, I mean, God, I, he's so funny And I do absolutely adore him But he also walked when he was seven months old Oh my goodness Which people think is good, it's not good He no. doesn't have the sense to walk He spent yeah. most of his time getting up on the dining room table And just running around it And I would just Gosh. have to, like, try and stop him like, Damage I like, oh, control yes, And does sir. he also just wake up super early? Mm-hmm, still, <laughs>
1: still Yeah, we also just still he's have six. children that don't sleep <laughs>
0: Yeah, so this morning he got into my bed at 3.30. Oh, Thankfully, wow. he used to get up for the day at 3.30, Junior. Oh, like, he would, And I would be like, I'm going to make it nice. I'm going to light candles. <laughs> <laughs> like, I He's we'll all your energy it, okay. and you just got
1: through to seven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like- (laughs) Oh no! So yeah, he um he now wakes up about between five and six, which to be honest, like lots of people, I tell them they're like, oh god, and I'm like, it's not three thirty. It's like at university, I read um the first book I read for uni was The Odyssey by Homer, which is I don't care that it's a classic, (laughs) it's horrible, it's so boring, (laughs) it's like an absolute Uh, crock of shit, is what I've got to say. So am I allowed to start on your podcast? Yes, you are. It's got the little e. So I am, I, I, whenever I'm doing something hard, I always think like, it's okay. This is like, it's not not Homer. Yeah. And um, Gus, like Gus is waking up at 3.30 is is Homer. Wow. To me, it's like, it's five. It's fine. (laughs) I can do five. (laughs) That's a time people actually get up. 3.30 is not a time people wake up. It's not,
1: not even birds. Um, No, exactly.
0: So that was all going on while I was the one like, oh my goodness. Uh, and, and I was still, to be clear as well, I was still earning all the money. So oh, I, wow. what, we hadn't made the decision for that, but just because yeah. of the way things had panned out, my business was the way we were making money. Yes. And I was doing all the, not all the childcare, but the bulk of the childcare as well. Mm. And tidying the house and Mm. like, you know, all of that kind of, my husband does all the cooking, but at the time he didn't really do the washing. He didn't do a lot of the dishes or anything. So he does now, but that Mm. took time for us to kind of like do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I had all that mental and emotional load. Um, like the present buying the cards the remembering of all the things you know the feeling that when someone turns up at your house and it's messy you're the one going to get judged not your husband which yep. I still have
1: I still hate that <laughs> <Me> yeah <too. laughs>
0: but um but yeah so that all of that stuff and you know and and showing up for my clients and doing all the marketing mm-hmm. and posting all the time and all of that stuff as well um and I felt yeah. like I was having to be like three different people and it was exhausting in five
1: minutes yeah yeah and then so once you made the decision for him to do full-time mm, childcare, or yeah. like be you know yeah. around for the kids and that felt like a huge relief
0: yeah it was amazing okay. and for about two weeks I felt like I had loads of time and then I just filled it all up again
1: <laughs> oh no, that's the <laughs> but thing. that's like
0: I think that's really normal um but yeah so it but and then there was kind of a transitionary period I would say like I've been reading Transitions by William mm-hmm. Bridges which is a very famous like coach self-development I haven't read it it's really good but he talked the main the main point as all self-development books seem to have like one point right (laughs) they repeat over and over um the the main point really is like that with um any new beginning you also have an ending you have a fallow period and then you have the beginning and so we had the ending of how things had been for both of us and then we definitely Mm. had that fallow period of you know Phil kind of having to grapple with his own kind of identity and the fact that like you know people people judge him for not being for being a stay-at-home dad in a way that they don't judge a stay-at-home mum I'm not saying stay-at-home mums don't get judged they do yeah
1: but like for instance
0: somebody said to him recently it was he was with a stay-at-home mum and he was there and this person said to my husband are you still unemployed Phil and he's like you're not gonna ask that that person there if they're unemployed
1: Mm. because and I'm not unemployed
0: right (laughs) yeah (laughs) so because he's and that comes up like yeah relatively often like these Mm. quite surprising cutting mm, Mm. like really like really really um and so there is quite a lot of that for him as well and it's 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 one of those good things I'm going to sound like such a coach now but it's also an invitation to be more confident in yourself isn't it to be like mm. well, who am I what do I value what matters to me but it doesn't make it easy going out into the world and having people think that and you know on the on the other mm. side. You know, we. I get some stuff around, like you know, the idea that I'm controlling that I wear the trousers, oh, all wow. that kind of like. Mm. Also, cutting. Uh, oh, I just yeah. think that's just such nonsense. It doesn't even. I'm just like, really, it just yeah. seems like such an archaic way to think mm. that that either of us wears the trousers in the relationship, like you know, and that
1: they're trousers at all.
0: Yeah. I, um.
1: Yeah. I've, I mean, and this is kind of almost why I felt hesitant to talk about this with you because I feel like Mm. it's tiresome that this is still an amazing thing and something that's remarkable but the fact that it's commented on so much means that yeah it's still very much in the water and until we you know look at things in different ways and have these conversations
0: yeah and I think the most dark thing for me with with the two of us is that actually in terms of who Phil is doing what he does now fits him Mm. really really well in terms of who I am doing what I do now fits me really really well Mm. like we we've been able to embrace sides of ourselves that previously we wouldn't have done we would Mm. we would have like filed them in that real gender binary way of like well that's what women do and that's what men do which is just such like nonsense on so many levels and it's such a
1: loss because it cuts mm, off all that potential for your life because you feel like yeah no one wins from the story Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you're like hi, like I'm mm. not in a sort of like subconsciously you're hiding parts of yourself you're not experiencing mm. these real you know important things. Mm. Um and actually you're things you're skilled at too. Yeah, exactly. Like it's so, such a waste. It's such a strange thing. So there's mm. also been that side of it has been really brilliant but it is um what I would say and I think this is not just a case for any person like who's the breadwinner there is also pressure on you in that like that there's that's Mm. it's given me an appreciation for when he was the one in that role Mm. in lots of ways and I know he has the same thing like an appreciation for when I was in the the role of like being at home with the kids as well like and it's nice that we've both done both because we get it Mm. so he understands when I come down from work and he just wants to give me the kids and I'm a bit like I can't but I'm also able to be like when I can and more often I can I'll yeah. rally and be like I get it you're exhausted yeah or like when the house is an absolute tip and he's like mm. I swear I've done stuff today and I'm like it's <laughs> fine I know I know that feeling yeah, yeah exactly I've done like five loads of dishes why does the house look like here's this? my list oh yeah. that awful
1: feeling of yeah. yeah yeah I feel um like that conversation I have a lot with especially around dads and, and dads mm. being providers and again that's just being assumed from when kids are tiny yeah that you will do it and you will be fine and yeah. there's no there's not even a conversation about it because it's so tied up in like masculine identity yeah. and being good provider and like yeah. the emotional toll that often men feel like yes. people identify as men when yeah. they have children mm. because all of that's like switches on like a like a switch Yes. Um, and that maybe in relationships, it's been like pretty equal until that time, yeah. but yeah, something about that stage is really evocative and yes. yeah,
0: definitely. definitely
1: to have those conversations early yeah. is also not spoken about. It's like, we don't encourage those conversations when you just together with someone and haven't yeah. had children and really yeah. feel like shouting have them now
0: yeah yeah save yourself the pain yeah and I think also the reality is just so different as parenting is like where we you know we've all gone oh when I have kids I'd never do that and then we (laughs) have them and we're like wow and so much worse than I thought I'd be
1: (laughs) oh man
0: that's terrifying yeah I, I always just think of myself I remember really judging moms for talking to their kids like you know when they repeat everything the kid says and I used to be like, God, these women are so inane. Why are they just repeat? And then I realized if you don't repeat it back, the kid keeps saying it. And so you have to repeat everything back. Otherwise, they just go, Mommy, 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 yes, yes, Mommy, what, what, Mommy, Mommy. Oh, man. <laughs> but and yeah, so it's, yeah, and I do think there's an element of like once you experience it as well, being really honest and it's really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. It's, and compassionate for, yeah. yeah, the parts of us that we're never actually taught to be like, parents actually we just like fed in dribs and drabs of what we would have experienced yeah yes oh no it's horrifying (laughs) it's horrifying (laughs) and then go look after the two tiny humans that never sleep oh man yeah
0: do the hardest thing you've ever done but also no sleep and And on your own and on your own
1: yeah see how you cope yeah exactly I also wanted to ask you a little bit about what you were saying in the beginning about everyone feeling a bit Mm. everyone seems burned out and flat and tired and just yeah. and anxious and yeah. I wonder if you've like experienced any of that
0: I have experienced it personally I'm experiencing it with my clients yeah, yeah. I think we are all clinging on for I mean I, I say this and I think we've got to be really careful about this kind of narrative yeah that 2022 is going to come and it's going to do something
1: because oh, we wished for that in 2021, we,
0: and i <laughs> still think that's waiting. Par- exactly, and yeah. I think that's partly why 2021 has been so hard. But they didn't even give us the summer, <laughs> like like 2021 couldn't even go. You know what? They deserve some sun. Just like we didn't get that. Sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think yeah. I think everyone's feeling it. I think it's a lot. it's really is. Like I've got so many clients who are saying, "I just feel burnt out." That word hmm. is coming up so much. And I guess I kind of want to encourage all everyone, including myself, to be like, well, what are we going to, I don't know, how are we going to show up to 2022? Mm. What are we putting in place that's going to mean that it isn't a repeat of, you know, mm. that it isn't 2020 points. Well, I don't know what that would be. <laughs> yeah. <22. laughs>
1: 2020 point point
0: like, three. Yeah, I don't know what but, it would be, but you know, like another version, 3.0 probably, but, you know, another version of the same.
1: Yeah, shit. I think there's also something about 2020 that we knew we gave ourselves space to be burned out and tired because yeah. it made sense. And and so even though like like my brain understands the science of why we're all tired and burned yeah. out, I think the internalized stuff around productivity and mm being and doing and carrying on I feel like that's for me really kicked in now it's that I feel exhausted had a cold for six years it feels (laughs) and and I feel like that's enough like I think that's the part of me that kicks in and says like okay you've had enough time it's Mm -hmm. nearly 2022 but actually we're not sort of considering the trauma of the past two years and that's and and that's from huge like place of huge privilege like what about you know for other people what is that what has this been like so I guess I could make sense to my head but we still have all those messages of okay it's time to move on
0: yeah
1: and you yeah be productive
0: yeah and actually what I when I say like what are we going to do I don't necessarily mean like how are we going to like no 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 I know what you mean yeah I, I think we need to like figure out like how am i bringing in rest as a sustained practice in my life not just in yeah. response to tiredness yes. like it needs to be something like how am i building rest into my money making like yeah. do i believe and i've got the beginnings of what this like post sketchbook for like in- instagram posts and stuff yeah. and one of the things was like like i just wrote down stop overcomplicating your business in the name of making mm. more money like cuz and i i understand where it comes from But sometimes when we're tired and we go into fight or flight, we just scattergun our approach to it. And actually it just perpetuates that tiredness. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to like how we're going to be in 2022, I just really, myself included, want to be like putting into practice things that keep us sustained and resourced and restored in in how we show up. Yeah.
1: And it's a lot of pressure because I feel like in. Yeah a capitalist society that demands a certain amount of income, it's hard to build and rest and like have enough money to survive.
0: It takes courage and it takes like really honestly, it takes facing the elephant. It takes, Mm. takes like, you know, getting comfortable with pricing yourself at a place that allows you to rest and allows you to be generous, Mm. which I think are two, values maybe that people don't know if rest is a value but it probably should be like that people don't bring into their pricing they bring into pricing things like what will people pay what will you know that Mm. tends to be the main driver
1: and like enough to survive rather than to thrive and yeah to be okay yeah Yeah. Um,
0: we know from this year particularly from 2021 i think the impact of collective you know experiences and like and when Mm -hmm. I say energy I literally mean like that collective exhaustion yeah means that we're not getting the same boosts of energy when we meet up and we have a like oh that person just really like breathes some life back into me because we're all meeting up and going you're all right you're all right I'm not all right. <laughs> I'm not all right either. And like oh if we no. are, and so the same can be true when we price ourselves in a way that like uh, like breathes mm. life into us and then it's doing it, you know, with, and that generating an that collective yeah. energy.
1: Okay, wow, that's so interesting.
0: And so I think there's there's bits like that where it's like, like, hang on, where am I? yeah where am I really considering the bigger picture which is hard at the moment and I'm not saying yeah everyone needs to decide like by the end of today have it Time's sorted. <laughs> like we're, we're knackered as well Yeah. but I feel like we need to have this like mm, in our minds like interesting. shuffling towards it
1: yeah, yeah I'm ready for a shuffle yeah <laughs> thanks Ray I, I feel like I hadn't even really intended to speak loads about money I mean I feel mm. like there is something so again like unspoken about the ways in which we have to live and survive, and that all of these things again come up in money and the and our yeah. stories about money and the way we respond to money. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah. Thank you for the wisdom okay. in that. <laughs> Was there anything else you wanted to say or anything you wanted to tell people about?
0: Well, there's a few things at the moment that people can join. You can, you can inquire about my group program, plenty more. Yeah. And also um, we have VIP days coming up, um, which I'm very excited about. Um, We have one, I have a couple of one-to-one spaces. So the best thing to do is probably pop to my website um, and see what takes your fancy. You can find me on Instagram (laughs) at Ray. um, What am I at? Ray underscore Dodd. Very yes. um, and um, yeah just see what you think I've got my own podcast as well so yeah we'll have this new freebie coming out soon as well which I am really excited about this pricing flowchart, oh, which is nice. basically like so you can do all these like formulas online for how you should price your work but they don't take into account all the feelings we have about our pricing <laughs> so it's like Classic. oh so I need to make this much money i can't i can't do it and so so we have created this flow chart that helps you navigate your feelings around amazing. your pricing and i've i've wanted to do it for ages but i've now got this brilliant person on my team called Kay,
1: whose yeah. brain
0: is able to like take my like, oh. hecticness and make it into something that makes sense to other amazing people. amazing yes.
1: and digest it yeah. oh yeah. and you do so, have all the magic well yeah, done,
0: thanks <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's something people can look up as well. That should okay. be out in the next week or so. So hopefully by the time okay. this comes out, that will be ready.
1: So exciting. Well, thank you so, so much for the time on a Friday. Very generous. You're
0: welcome. And I hope You're you have a happy swimming, yeah. week. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Outside, inside. I think it's going to be a bit of both. I think they do have the outside pool open. Oh, I'm going with my kids, so it's going to be like it's not going to be a nice leisurely swim. It'll be like still be good. Let's not all drown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the swimming motto. (laughs) Everyone, please stay alive.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Ray.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you would like to get in touch with Ray, she is on Instagram at Ray underscore and she has, yeah, some incredible programs to work through and I think she's offering some one-to-one coaching at the moment. So yes, get in touch with her if you need to. I really sort of recommend working with her. If you are kind of curious about extending yourself in this way and thinking about money in business and money in society generally and the way we interact with it is really worthwhile. I hope you have a good week and as always get in touch if you need to. I do have um, space at the moment for one-to-one coaching so yeah get in touch if you are interested in doing that. Thank you so much for being here today. If you'd like to get in touch I'm on Instagram at You can send me a DM or a voice note to my DMs or an email. I'd so love to hear from you. Please do like, share and subscribe this podcast. It really, really helps to get the podcast out in front of more listeners. And I'll see you again next week. Take care. Bye.
0: Mm -hmm. When it comes to, like, how we're going to be in 2022, I just really, myself included, want to be, like, putting into practice things that keep us sustained and resourced and restored in, in how we show up. We know from this year, particularly from 2021, I think, the impact of collective, you know, experiences and that collective exhaustion.
1: yeah means yeah. that we're
0: not getting the same boosts of energy when we meet up and we have a like, oh, that person just really like breathes some life back into me because we're all meeting yeah. up and going, you're right. all <laughs> you're <right."> all <laughs> I'm not all right. (laughs) I'm not all right either. And like, so the same can be true when we price ourselves in a way that like, uh, like breathes Mm. life into us. And I'm not saying yeah, everyone needs to decide like by the end of today, have it sorted. Like we're we're knackered as well. But I feel like we need to have this Mm. in our minds, like shuffling towards it. And there's all of this talk about like, you know, the idea that when we price at a certain level, we're not being kind or ethical or, yeah. you know, all those different things. And if 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 it was just about the money, the, the maths of the situation, we'd pick a, an amount and we'd go with it. Yeah. But it's not. It's about, you know, all these layers of feelings that sit inside um, oppressive and just societal structures as well. Mm and complicated by like our class and our gender and how we present and you know all these different things our skill set the industry we're in like it's yeah. multifaceted to say the <laughs> least